much horror business Driving late at night Psycho 78 12 o'clock Don't be late I said all this horror business Greetings and salutations My name is Josh Alvarez And I'm Justin Lore <laughs> <laughs> I'm Justin Lore you jerk. That's Liam O'Donnell. You're listening to episode 63 of Horror Business. Hey, guys. What's going on? How y'all doing? Hopefully you're doing good. If you're not, well, that's that's fine, too, because no matter how you're doing, we still love you. Man, you're so you're so giving. I am. With our love. Uh, yes, I don't have much to give, but when I do have it, I, it's yours to take. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about two movies that I don't know what they have in common, aside from the fact that they're both widely shit upon, one rightfully so. The other one, I kind of liked I would I would actually say that um, while both get uh, negative reactions, yes, they also both have their fans, as we saw just today. And when I was looking on Letterboxd, even though the average rating for one of these movies is very low, they're actually the average rating for both movies is pretty low. But one of them is very low. Uh, when you read the reviews, people were still pretty forgiving, even if they didn't love it. They were like, eh, "It's stupid, but I like it. Whatever." Those people are wrong. We were talking about 1986's Spookies. Spookies, in case you couldn't hear me doing a weird child voice. Spookies! And then 1991's... um, Stop. This... Popcorn. We're doing Popcorn. It's a movie called Popcorn. movie called Popcorn. You may have seen it. You may have heard it if you are a rightful fan of the Turning Point discography. This is the song (laughs) that Skip sends the uh, un... Stu- non-studio recorded down out to this one goes out to everyone involved in the movie making movie popcorn because it sucks so bad side note there is no god because they never recorded that song in the studio i mean i'm not gonna take that particular i mean there's plenty of <laughs> there's other reasons there's plenty too. of historical but the fact that turning point never got a chance to do down in the studio is is up there so before we get any further to let you know this episode is brought to you by you, our beautiful Patreon subscribers, the people who, in the kindness of their hearts, they look into those hearts, the boundless depths of those hearts, where there's all this cool stuff swimming around. I like, I like where you go with this. Generosity, kindness, and empathy, support for the arts. You, you hear our, what we do, and you say, I want to help that. And I have so much thanks for that, and so much gratitude. I don't have the words to frame that gratitude and that gratefulness and that thanks other than to say thank you so much um i'm just gonna go ahead and and name some folks uh because we had some recent additions oh shit name uh well matt snyder okay uh beth waldron uh matthew birdsey alex walker josh s um ryan reading i probably already named some of these people Armando Moran, Ryan's well, Ryan Sawyer's been on, but he up. Ryan Sawyer's the fucking man. He upped his jam. He so. is the man. I love that guy. He's the nicest dude. Uh, he truly Alex is. Walker. I, I'm going way back now, but I just realized I, this is something we promised to do a long time ago. And we never really did it. So there you go. Giving some shout outs to people, and you know, uh, a there, there's two there's two things going on here. One is uh, the Patreon is obviously the most direct way to support us. Yes. We also very much welcome your retweets, your reposts, your talking about us to your friends and fam. Yeah. You're, you know, getting on your Instagram stories and being like, hey guys, you know about this thing? Any, any and all, any and all. When when you Snapchat your butthole to your friends, (laughs) just write right about your butthole. 
Our business. Assuming that you've waxed your butthole. Yeah. If you have an unwaxed butthole. I don't want to even... Don't put our name on that. Yeah. But if you've done the work... If you've put the effort into it. Please. We put, put our stamp of approval. There. Yeah. yeah I, I will stamp approve your butthole right yeah. now. So yeah, if, you, uh, if you're if you like, oh man, I really want to support these guys. How do I do that? You just go to fucking patreon.com backslash yeah. Cinepunks. It's that simple. And I swear to, I swear to Christ, <laughs> we're going to have some Patreon content. I made an attempt at... Listener interaction today on Facebook. Oh wow! You got you you took a break from your own personal account, my own personal bullshit that I'm constantly on, <laughs> constantly posting all over the internet, constantly on my bullshit. You, you took a break from that to actually interact with a human. We are, or I specifically on our Spotify, I have curated sure. two playlists that encapsulate the themes present in Stephen King's It in honor of the upcoming It Chapter Two release. Right. And part one is safe for work. You can play that at the office. Right. No one's going to be like, what are you listening to? Right. And I put up a trivia question on there. Oh, did you? Yes. Why did I put Iggy Pop's nightclub on that playlist? Aside from the fact it has kind of a spooky sound, nightclub and nightlife. I don't know. Barry has a killer nightlife. If you can tell me why I put Iggy Pop's nightclubbing on the playlist for it. Sure. Get at me. I will give you a t-shirt and a bunch of cool shit. I have to... Speaking of the playlists that you've been doing, I have to officially uh, apologize to my man, Josh Alvarez. Because when we first set up the the Spotify, we were being very controlled about who posted what when, and Josh made a playlist by mistake with on it that was just his own thing, but he just made it on Cinepunks by mistake. And I was like, yo, what's this playlist? And he was like, oh, I just made it on the wrong thing. I was like, come on, man. And I gave him all this trash. And then I forgot about it. And then now, for those of you who don't know, the Cinepunk Spotify is jo- Justin Lore's personal Spotify. I want to know about that. I mean, I listen to a lot of stuff on there, but... Yeah, well, let's put it this way. You're the only person who uses it for their own listening, because yeah. everyone has their own, except for Justin, which is fine. But then you've made all these playlists, and I was like, oh, cool, Justin's making all these playlists. And I thought, oh, man, I was kind of I kind of busted on Josh for doing the same you thing. You should apologize to Josh in person for that. I mean, I will, but okay. I want it on the record for everybody. There it is. It's on the record. Um, but uh, and uh, we have a number of playlists that go up that are uh, very carefully curated <laughs> playlists by staff people. Yes. So uh, we did one for uh, Destiny Washington, put on one uh, the week before. Adriana has one coming out. I thought it was supposed to come out today, actually. I should probably text her. But yeah. she has one coming out this week. So uh, keep an eye on our Spotify. There's lots of good stuff going on there all the time. And that's just Cinepunks on Spotify. The podcast is also available on there, but username Cinepunks. Sure, 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 yeah. sure, sure. This episode is also brought to you by the fine folks at A&W Root Beer. That's right, A&W Root Beer, made with aged vanilla and no caffeine. Stop. We, we, we are going to get sued stop, one day. Stop. No, it's quite the opposite. Don't buzz market their dumb root beer on what? our thing. That's good root beer. I don't care. They don't give us any money. True. Okay, really. For real. Plus, I prefer Dr. Pepper. What? Dr. Pepper's not root beer. I don't care. Anyway, this episode is also brought to you by the fine folks at the premier screen printing company of the greater Lehigh Valley area. That's right. Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations. Apparel Creations. Now, Liam, if I said to you, yeah. I want to get basketball jerseys made that have the face of the makeup design of the Ultimate Warrior on it. But instead of the Ultimate Warrior's face, it'll be my face wearing the makeup. Instead of the Ultimate Warrior, it says the Ultimate Lawyer. Where would you 
send me to get that done? I mean, primarily I would send you um, to a work camp to pay for your crimes against humanity. Yes, a gulag. <laughs> yes, but after that, Lehigh Valley Park. Yes, and why would you do that? Uh, basically, here's the thing. Chris Reed Jackson is awful minions over at Lehigh Valley Procreations. Uh, do the best work for the best price. That's just the simple reality. It's, you know, it's, uh, yes, it's cool there. It's a cool, it's a kind of a cool spot. Yeah, you yeah, know, it's yeah. cool. And they do cool events. You know, they do the Let's Hang Out events and they do the wrestling and the... If you they like do, pro wrestling. They do conciertos yeah, and stuff. conciertos. Yes. Uh, but the real reason you go to LVAC... Certainly not to see Chris X. Fuck Chris rejects ugly face. <laughs> Freudian slip there. Yeah, no. Chris X has a beautiful face, but Chris reject looks like a troll that crawled out of the sewers. But um, you go there because of their professional, their unrivaled professionalism and affordable work. They're not going to rip you off. They're not going to throw in any surprise fees. No. They're not going to screw your sh- your shit up. If they have a special running that you don't know about. Most places would be like, we're not going to tell them about the special. They'll tell you about the fucking special. They're trying to cut you a deal right yeah. now. They're trying to cut you a deal. You don't even know about it. Look, I give Curse Reject a lot of shit. Some would say too much shit. I would say not enough. One of the things I'll go to bat for Chris and say that he is more interested in doing a good job and satisfying customers than he is in making money. To a fault, some would say. <laughs> so definitely go and rip him off. Yes. Continue his rich tradition of being trod under the fucking hooves of the masses. <laughs> so, if you want to get good stuff done, if you want to fulfill my dream of getting a goddamn ultimate lawyer basketball jersey. Oh, no, don't do that. You can go to www.xlvacx.com. One more time, that's www.xlvacx.com. However... I will implore you to go there. I will implore you to do business with Chris. I will implore you to get stuff done by the company, but I implore you not to be deceived by those X's. Because Chris Reject is many thing. Things. He many things. He's he many things. He's a husband. Yeah. He's a father. Yeah. He's a very good friend. Yeah. He's a hardworking, blue-blooded, hard worker. You just said hard work. I'm, that's fine. That's how hard Re- he works. Wrestling fan. Wrestling fanatic. Folk punk enthusiast. Folk punk deviant enthusiast. Yeah. Enthusiast. I could go on for hours. Tr- things both true and untrue. Chris Reject is not, never has been, and over my dead body never will be. Straight edge. So that's our I blog. Would, yeah, I would let. I would let him. I would let him in. Over my dead body. <laughs> now. The sun draws close to the horizon. Oh, God. Here we go. The last bits of warmth are pulled from the earth. All right. As mist rises like the forlorn spirits of the uh, forgotten dead. Sweet, sweet. And sweet. I ask myself, first into my own heart, the void, is trace these words and ice upon that surface. All right. Liam. Oh, God. What have you done recently that involves horror movies? You know, here's the thing. I don't think I've done anything. I've done a few things. Why don't you go ahead and, I'll, and I'm going to think okay. about it and see. So what the first thing that I did, mm-hmm. um, it's something I've been meaning to talk about for mm-hmm. a minute now, is mm-hmm. me and my partner in crime, my ten year old niece, we went and saw at the drive-in. 
we didn't see at the drive-in. We did not. <laughs> I did not take her to you see. You took your niece I took, to see, yeah, see wow. Cedric Bixler and fucking those guys. No, uh, me and Bree went to go see Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Oh yeah, okay. and we had a lot of fun. Uh, I don't think that movie is nearly as scary as it was being made out to be, but it is a lot more fun to watch than it's being made out to be. It is basically a harder edge version of like something like Goosebumps, or I would even go as far as saying it's not similar to, but I think it fulfills a similar cultural niche, 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 spot, area, as Monster Squad. It is a very good gateway film to someone who is 10, 11, 12, 14 years old who's looking to get into horror. This is a good movie to introduce them to that. Mm. Because I think Andre Overdraw has enough of a good, you know, with Autopsy Jane Doe and um, the Troll Hunter movie. He's got the good enough pedigree where they can go check out his movies. And then this movie was blessed by Guillermo del Toro. So from there, you got a whole fucking host of shit to look at. And then, you know, like, you know, you can go back and look at the books. Mm. You know, my niece had already read them. She liked them. Uh, we had a good time watching it. It uh, There was a scene, the scene that was in the trailers with the weird pale lady walking in the hallway. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the closest thing I think that movie came to to evoking a, a true sense of terror in me. Uh, it kind of reminded me of the uh, Winky's Diner scene in Mulholland Drive. Not the actual, you know dumpster goblin jumping out and, and scaring that gentleman to death but more like the build up to it right you know when you see like the fear in this guy's eyes when he realizes that like his nightmare is literally coming true there's a scene in this movie where that happens and it's it, it, it's it's truly horrifying uh, in the sense that th- there's there are a few things that are scarier than seeing someone who's who is mortally afraid and when you see that that's really scary especially right. in the, if the person's selling it it's really scary to see that play out and there is a scene in this movie where that plays out, and it plays out to great effect. So I give it a stamp of approval. Um, it got a little silly at times, and it ended in a way that was very uh, practically begging for a sequel. Yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised that they're going to like try to play off this thing for all it's worth, you know? I mean, I get it. But uh, I can also see why people might be like bummed on that as well. Like, yeah. okay, great, we're doing be- this again. Because it's not, it's very heavy handed about it. It's not tasteful about it in the way that, I don't know, what's a movie that came out that they did a sequel to that was like, oh, that makes sense. Like, there, there's, there's room there for a sequel. Like, A Quiet Place, there's room there for a sequel. Right. Or whatever the fuck John, Jim Cravonic, whatever his name is, is going to fucking call it. Because he can't call things what they are, because he has to be complicated about it. But this movie is very heavy-handed in, in, in stating that there will that there there's there's going to be a sequel. Right. Well, okay. We'll keep going. You've have, even. You have um, more, I have sure. a few other. Just I don't. Just the trailers. Okay, so before you jump into trailers, so um, uh, I'm gonna go with something comic book related. Okay, I'm I'm here for this. So, uh, I haven't been to the shop in a while. And I haven't been paying attention to new comic books. Uh, you all know that because of, uh, we've talked about it on here before, but because of us sort of doing our own thing with horror movies or me doing movies with Cinepunk, sometimes I get behind in things. Yes. And I've had to read a chunk of Alpha Flight for my Alpha Flight podcast, and I've just been busy with life stuff What's lately. the Alpha Flight podcast called? Where uh, can you find f- it? The Flight Stuff. It's available on the Cinepunks podcast Good network. plug. Um, so I've just been not paying attention, and I got finally another harassing email from my comic shop. Come get your books. So I Which went. comic shop is this? Uh, just Action Figures. 
J-A-F. Oh, off 191? Yeah. Okay. So I head in there, get my books, come home. And let me be clear. I was unaware of anything going on in the world. I was unaware of any relevant comic news. Okay. So uh, imagine my surprise when I was sitting on the turlet. Is this about The Walking Dead? Taking a poop. I, I'm not, I, I'm, I'm like 20 issues behind on The Walking Dead. Well. I know. I can let you know. Some insane shit goes down. It's not about that. I'm not even going to say the plot. What I'm telling you is I didn't know until I started reading it and wasn't sure until I finished it that in my hand, one morning, I finished The Walking Dead. Not finished an issue, not finished a run. I finished the whole fucking series. On the turtlet. And no one told me. I didn't know. I didn't How see did any news. How did about this? I, here's the thing. Other than you and Adriana and... Doug Tilly, who I do, those two, I do the Flight Stuff Podcast, and I follow you. Maybe like two other people on Twitter. I, for the most part, don't follow comic book people. I don't like, even call myself a comic book person anymore. But you know what I mean? Like, I don't follow people who talk about that sort of stuff. And I just hadn't been on Twitter lately. So imagine, and I had, it wasn't even like, I think I would have been able to figure it out if I only had a couple of issues. But I had five issues. Okay. So I read one issue the night before. I had four issues left in what I bought. I'm just reading my issues, and sure, it's building toward a crescendo, and sure, there's a dramatic thing that happens, but a lot of dramatic shit happens in The Walking Dead, so I'm thinking, all right, well, this next issue is a double issue. It's real thick. Can't wait to see how they resolve all this stuff. There's going to be all this denouement. Fucking Kirkman loves himself some denouement. We'll probably have denouement for fucking four issues. This will be great. Open this shit up. There's suddenly a time jump, and I think, oh, God, no. What? Oh. Oh, no. Are we what what? But I wasn't sure till I finished the issue, and I was like, "Oh, it ends with a big old the end." This big old page says the end on it. It says the end. Yeah, it just says the end. And like, there's then there's a big thing from Kirkman apologizing to everyone for not letting anyone know this was going to happen. Apparently, it was a big old surprise. Well, it certainly, was a big old surprise to me. I had no idea. And so, uh, you know, here's the thing I realized about The Walking Dead. So that was a comic I like. Sometimes it's a comic I don't like. It has ups and downs. But it is at this point been the longest running uh, comic that I was currently reading. Yes. So I'd read a lot of Hellboy, but I started reading Hellboy even though I had to catch up with it the same time I started reading The Walking Dead. Okay. In fact, I would say uh, The Walking Dead was one of those comics that got me back into monthlies because I was having so much frustration trying to keep up just with the trade paperbacks that finally I was like, fuck a trade paperback. I'm going to catch up and get them in the monthly train. And that was my first step back into getting monthly comics was The Walking Dead because I wanted to know what was going to happen. Interesting. So it's been with me for a long time. And other ones have ended in that time. You know, Why the Last Man I finished out or uh, Harrow County I finished out or even fucking Hellboy I finished out. And The Walking Dead's been with me. So to have it just end so suddenly, I was a little bit pissed off. I was a little bummed. And I was a little, like, you know, sad to see it go. It even like though you're more than a little bit upset. Even though at times, it's not been my favorite comic. At times I've read an issue and thought, this fucking thing, why am I reading this fucking thing? But, uh, yeah, I was, I was a little, like, I can't believe it's over. And then, side note, unrelated to horror, in this same... <laughs> Rudd, I have the final issue of Paper Girls, which I didn't know until I read it. That's ending too? Done. 
issue 30 is it and then i have the set well i knew this was going to happen but i just didn't know it was in my run after i just finished these other two i had the second to last issue of the wicked and the divine i read that and i was like there's only one more issue i know because it's called finale so i guess i'm out of comics i guess i don't read comic books anymore that sucks it's just crazy i just you know i went from being a real comic shop rat yeah to only getting stuff when i could and when we moved you guys know i don't talk about a lot on the show but anyone who follows my social media knows that i'm broke as a joke i don't make any money so i only occasionally buy comic books i don't have a lot of money and when some of the series i liked ended i saw it as a blessed relief to my pocket a left-handed gift from god if you will yeah 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 like so i'm down to five titles total that i get regularly what are those uh, five titles right now yeah walking Walking Dead. dead uh east of west uh paper girls rumble and the Wicked and the Divine. Three of those five are done. They're done. Liam now reads two comic books. I have two. One, East of West is going to end soon, too, from what I can tell. Uh, and Rumble, honestly, I'm behind on it. I'm missing some issues, so I haven't even been reading the issues I've been getting. You don't read comic books it. anymore. I don't read fucking comics. <laughs> it's just so weird, right? It's a weird thing. Some of you listening to this are totally understanding what we're talking about, and some of you are like, what the fuck? This is the nerdiest shit. I don't even understand. To be fair, I'm so far behind on everything. I used to be a Mike Mignola. Yeah, everything you put out. Everything you put out, I had. And then, because it used to be Hellboy and BPRD. Yeah. And then, like, little runs like Lobster Johnson, The Black Flame, whatever. Now, how many fucking Mignola verse titles are there? Well, that's what I'm saying. I don't think there is, because Hellboy's done it only occasionally happens and when it does it's retro and yeah, it's yeah. not drawn by him bprd i think is done at least they haven't done a new run in a while i can catch up then oh, yeah, yeah yeah i get i gotta get caught have you do you read have you read uh the black hammer no i hear i should very good i should probably read i should yeah. probably jump so uh, let's put it this way a- adriana is a good friend she's already recommended me a bunch of stuff but other people if you're into comics and let, let me be clear here I'm not trying to offend anyone. Don't get offended by this. But I don't do your fucking superhero books, all right? Invincible's over. We don't do superhero books anymore. Speaking of books that ended. Yes, abruptly and sad. Well, no, they gave us like a year warning. It was okay. Yeah. It was okay the way it ended. But, you know, books that I was caught up with that ended. Uh, But other than Invincible, no, you know, I'm an image guy. I was a Vertigo guy, but apparently no one's a Vertigo person anymore. Yeah. Um, Dark Horse a little bit. Uh, IDW a little bit depends on the comic, you know what I mean. So, yeah. um, yeah, I mean, uh, uh I, I want to try some stuff. I tend to aesthetically have more traditional tastes art wise, and then narratively like things that are kind of cray cray. That's just sort of the you know. There you go. If you're doing a if you're doing a totally artsy black and white, John, it's hard for me to do, but I'll, I'll give it a try if, if you say it's great. Uh, if you're like, hey, I hear the new X Men is cool. That very well might be true, but it's just not where I'm at in my life right now. I'm not trying to jump back in with the old lovers. They're done. Very good. I need that new shit. And I know that there's a run of cool horror comics that people have been talking about lately that I'm not up to date on. So if you have a favorite scary comic, when Harrow County ended, that was my last, other than The Walking Mm. Dead, horror comic. So I would definitely like to get involved with more reading more horror comics if you have good recommendations. Uh, my niece is currently reading The Stand, the comic. Oh, in comic form? Yeah. I could be into that, I guess. It's, it's very good. I have the I have the collected edition. I gave her my hardcover copies, sure. hardcover collections, and I have the definitive sure. 
John. It's very good. Sure. You want to talk about some trailers? Yeah. So, um, you know, it's fall. I don't know if you guys know this. You might not be trailer junkies. But if you are, you know that there are certain times of the year where there are bursts of trailers. Obviously, summertime around Comic-Con, there's always a bunch. Uh, just at the tip end of winter before spring, there's usually a bunch of trailers. And right now, right now is prime trailer season. And one of the things that happens around now is a bunch of independent trailers that you might not have watched on your own because you didn't know what they were um, will get compiled for various festivals that are happening mm-hmm. this time of year, whether that's TIFF, whether that's uh, Fantastic Fest, whether that's Brooklyn Horror, um, or whatever else is coming up. Uh, I guess Fright Fest probably has a few trailer runs too. But people make trailer playlists. So we've been watching some trailers. Uh, Justin, what are some trailers that you watched recently that you want to talk about? Um, this isn't on Fantastic Fest. This just popped up in my feed. Sure. First one I want to talk about is a little movie called Underwater, uh, starring Victor Castle and Kristen Stewart. Sure. Now, Anyone who has spoken with me for any length of time understands that I am a complete... uh, I'm a sucker for your late 80s, early 90s aquatic horror films. You know, give me Deep Star Six. Give me Leviathan. Give me fucking Deep Rising. I love all these movies. All these movies that came out after The Abyss and Aliens came out that are about people trapped underwater with some monstrous shit going on. I'm fucking there for that. So there was just a trailer that came out. You can find it. It's just the movie's called Underwater. Like I said, Kristen Stewart who I think I maintain is uh, far more, you know, side note, it's, it's a little weird how, like, the main actors in Twilight are, like, much better than they, that movie makes them out to be. Like, Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson, I, I, I think there's something there. I don't think that's a surprise. I think, here's the thing, I think that because of the source material, we all wrote off the Twilight movies, right? But yeah. I, I don't actually think they're, good or anything like that that's not what i'm gonna say but i don't think they're that much worse than other big budget crap they were just big budget crap for tween girls yes so it's easier for all of us to go look at this fucking bullshit it's low-hanging fruit yeah it was easy to mock but a lot of really good actors other than them were in those movies yeah so shouldn't be that big a surprise that those two are actually pretty good actors and yeah uh and it, it it honestly just makes people look stupid when they're just like you guys, can you believe this is Robert Pattinson, guys? Not so bad. Yeah, motherfucker. He has, he's been not so bad for like eight years. He's like, been not so bad even in fucking Twilight. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, get on board. Like, uh, no one's saying you have to like the Twilight movies. I don't like the Twilight movies. But, um, but you can't say like, oh, this person was in Twilight. I'm surprised that they're a human being yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that's good at their job. Yeah, well, guess what? A lot of actors you love were also in shitty things. Yes. That's not a rare thing. That's actually pretty standard. Yeah. So, this movie is just your run of the mill. We're trapped at the bottom of the ocean. We got some it. nasty creatures coming out. I'm here for it. My my only issue is what's his name is in it? TJ blah blah blah. TJ Miller's in it. Yeah, yeah. It's he's a, a real l- jag off. Yeah, he sucks and he sucks. Like he yeah. sucks at acting, and then he's like, Yeah, it's not even just about his performance, which I'm sure will be bad. Yeah, but he's just also a jerk off. So it's like it takes me out of the movie a little bit. Yeah. Because I probably don't want him to die a terrible death, you know? Yeah, I mean... But he's on screen, and I'm like, oh, this fucking jerk off. It'd be cool. <laughs> It'd be cool to see, like, Vincent Castle, like, oh, no, the man has been trapped by the monster. What shall we do? <laughs> I don't know. Your your French accent is always impressive. It, t- sure. <laughs> sure, we'll go with that. Mm-hmm. So then there's another movie, um, another trailer for a little movie called Antlers. 
Looks very good. Looks produced very good. by Guillermo del Toro. Um, I don't really know what else to say other than go check it out. It looks fucking weird as shit. Mm-hmm. Kind of scary. Uh, it has his stamp of like, this could be a fairy tale, but it's probably not. I don't know. But it looks good. Um, and then Liam hit me with the trailer uh, in our Fantastic Fest John playlist on YouTube. A little movie called The Pool. Now, mm-hmm. for those of you who don't remember, Hollywood loves making movies about okay like you feel really safe in your kitchen but what if you like couldn't get out of your kitchen and there was like a monster that's like circling the kitchen shit like that right you got like Cujo where there's a car you can't get to the car because there's a fucking dog you got the movie about the guys on the ski lift I don't know what it's called Ice Winter Ski Lift Killer I don't know you know what I'm talking about though right Frozen Frozen thank you and now there's a movie called The Pool that is about two people trapped in the bottom of an empty Olympic-sized swimming pool. And it looks fucking horrific. Unbelievably crazy. And I don't mean horrific isn't like, wow, that looks really bad. I mean, it's just like, oh, that really, really sucks. Oh, and now there's an alligator in the... Or, I'm sorry, a crocodile, because it takes place in Asia. Um, now there's a crocodile in there with them. That's That sucks a lot. So that looks like it's going to be like a claustrophobic hellhole nightmare of a movie, and I'm all here for it. Yep. And then, what else was there? Me and Liam watched the trailer for the new Joe Bagos' movie, Bliss, which seems to be a uh, public service announcement as to why, why doing drugs is bad. It's not a good thing. It's not a good thing. Never, ever do cocaine mixed with fucking DMT. Why do I even have to tell you this shit? Also, um, if someone offers you eternal life, you probably want to... Yeah, don't do that either. Yeah. Because in some religions, that's literally hell. <laughs> Uh, I don't know what else, what other what what was the other one that you uh Okay, so I'm gonna run through some right now. Show the trailer for Happy Face, which looks like it's gonna give me I don't even want to talk about it. It looks fucked up. Yeah. Uh I saw the trailer for Satanic Panic. Mm. Looks like a lot of fun. I'm into it. Uh, I'm pretty stoked on it. Um let's see. Not horror, not horror. Sorry, I'm just looking to see the the trailers I've watched recently that I'm stoked on. Um it's not exactly horror, but I'm pretty stoked on that movie Parasite. Okay. New Bong Joon-ho movie. Is that right? I think yeah, I believe it's, believe it's Bong. Yeah, is that right? Yeah. Anyways, uh, your man has done all the great things. He and does. He's, he's amazing. So, um, it, like I said, I don't think it's horror. Well, what I think it is is a movie that presents as not horror, and then I think it has a horrifying turn and becomes a horror movie. I could see that. Um uh yeah the trailer looks pretty sick um uh again not exactly horror but has some horror elements the death of dick long yes looks A24. hilarious but also upsetting so i'm pretty into that uh a24 definitely um give me a sec here y'all uh the golden glove is a german film uh, uh, from what it looks like about a, maybe a serial killer. It's based on a true story, which is upsetting because the trailer makes it look like a real nightmare, but in almost a funny way at mm. times scenario. So it seems like, you know, your standard incredibly ugly man um, is angry at women for rejecting him and his ugliness, and then he hurts them. And yet it also seems kind of like a weirdly funny movie. So I don't know what to make of that. It looks upsetting and like a nightmare. Uh, Climate uh, of the Hunter is another 
nightmare feel sort of movie. This one is one of those um, kind of House of Psychotic Women uh, style. What's real? What's this? Uh, our main? Well, I think she's our main character. Losing connection with reality. Um, I, all I can say is check out the trailer, and it will make you go a little bit crazy. Um, the the uh, finalized trailer. This has probably been out for a while, but I just saw it for uh, Scream, comma Queen. My Nightmare on yes, Elm Street. Yes, that's Mark Patton. Yes. yes. Uh, you know, I love Nightmare on Elm Street too, and I've seen him talk about these issues before, so there, there probably won't be a lot in there that's like a surprise for me per se, but I'm still very interested to see him talk about it in the film and see what they were able to get as far as interviews with other people and stuff like that. Yeah, but, like the, I'd like to see what the screenwriters have to say. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's this horrifying part where the screenwriter, who he's still mad at, says to him, well, I never wrote in the script. Scream like the a girl. The main character screams like a girl. And the guy, and, you know, Mark looks at him like, am I going to kill you right now? Like, what? That, that, if you, if you, if you're unfamiliar with it, with what we're talking about, um, first go watch Nightmare on the Street 2 because it's an amazing movie. And then watch the documentary, the section on that movie, and never sleep again. Um, and it, it really breaks down what is so fucked up about the way that movie was produced. Mm-hmm. Is that they basically made this movie where they thought they were being clever with writing gay undertones, and then when people were like, "Their movie's pretty gay," they were like, "We didn't make it a gay movie." <laughs> okay, sh- cool. <laughs> yeah. Th- thanks, guys. Yeah. Um, just checking to see the thing. Uh, rock paper scissors. Yes. Yes. Looks uh, looks also equally upsetting. Uh, there was a short clip, wasn't really a trailer, but a clip from something called Something Else, which seemed to be a alien horror movie, which is not really usually my John. It's my thing. But uh, I saw it and thought of you, Justin, that you would be into it. And Do you know who's in that movie? No. Henry Zabrowski from the last podcast on the left. Oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, and then the last thing I watched that I thought was worth mentioning, and this is not Justin's bag, but it is mine, is a trailer for a movie called Deerskin, which it looks like it's a Quentin, uh, I don't know how you say his name, Dupuil? Dupuil? Sure. The dude who did Rubber and Wrong and Wrong Cops and other things. Uh, interestingly, though this movie does look insane thematically, it seems like the characters, when they talk to each other, are actually saying things that make sense. Okay. Which is not what his movies are. Like, yeah. His movies are legitimately... Characters say crazy things to each other that don't make sense, and you just watch it happen. Accurate. That doesn't seem to be what this is. It seems to be instead a movie in which the the a very famous French actor who was familiar to me, but I forget his name, finds a deerskin jacket with tassels, and it makes him feel so awesome that he slowly goes insane until he starts hurting people because the jacket is so cool. I've been there. It looks awesome. I like just the trailer alone. I was fucking dying. So and it's a teaser. It's not even a full trailer. So those are some of the stuff we watched recently, trailer wise. Uh, I think, I, it's, I I, think uh, I'm stoked on things coming out. I also completely forgot to mention that I did Monster Mania this past weekend. Yo, talk about that. It was amazing. I met Ric Flair. Uh, hearing Ric Flair do his woo in person was like being touched by the hand of God. <laughs> It was honestly incredible. Uh, I also met Lance Hendrickson. That was fucking dope. I mean, I, do I have to explain why? No, I don't. I met Vivica A. Fox, and she apologized for me for uh, Independence Day Resurgence, which was a high point in my life. <laughs> she yes, apologized she to popped you. straight up. She was like, "Yeah," you know. I was like, "Oh my god!" Like Independence Day. Like I like wore out the VHS when I was a kid, and like that was like I, I still love that movie. She's like, "Oh, that's so great, honey. That's so great." Sorry about the sequel. And I was like, "Apology accepted." 
Uh, I met Alex Iso, who was in a little movie called Starry Eyes that we did an episode on. Uh, she's playing Wendy Torrance in the upcoming Mike Flanagan, John, Dr. Sleep. And I finally met Katie Parker from Absentia. I suspect it was the happiest day of both of our lives. Is that right? Uh, she came out and asked if she could hug me and insisted I call her Katie. Because on well, IMDb, it's Catherine Parker now. But it's like, no, no, no. When you, when you were in Absentia, it was Katie Parker. And she was like saying how her agent was like, look, if you're going to do like serious movies, you have to have like a seat. It's, it's Catherine Parker. She's like, okay, fine. Um, but no, she's just, that, that was just incredible just because I love Absentia and I love her performance in that. And it just, uh, you know, it meant a lot to be able to talk to someone who made, who had a hand in making a, a, something that moved me and just to be like, hey, something you did had a huge impact on my life. And that just felt really good. So, I mean, it's, it's Monster Mania. I, you know, I hung out. Yeah. Did, did my thing. Saw some cosplayers. Saw some cosplayers. I saw, uh, saw a, a few, a lot of it cosplayers. Mm. Um, I didn't see the Falcor cosplayer that Josh and awesome. Melani saw. Yeah, that, that looks, was, that was, that, that really was cool. radical. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Monster Mania, it's a blast every year. Every year I go, I always have fun. So, yeah, that's all I did. That's more than what I did. Yeah. yeah. So I guess we're going to take a quick break. Mm. And we come back. Mm. We're going to talk about 1986s. It gets called a Gremlins ripoff, but I don't think it's a Gremlins ripoff because it's 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 not at all a Gremlins ripoff. The movie that's not a Gremlins ripoff, Spookies. <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> that's weird. No name. Happy birthday, Billy. <laughs> are back to talk about 1986's original haunting horror film spookies spookies written by ann bergen additional material as joseph bergen and thomas doran none of that makes any sense directed by Jeannie joseph and thomas Do- oh you know what this movie similar to popcorn started out they filmed a good a good chunk of it right and then they went back and reshot it with a completely different director like other parts of it. I'm assuming all the outside stuff. Yes. All the shit that doesn't make any fucking sense. 
Yeah, I mean, everything involving our main antagonist talking to the camera or talking outside or whatever it is that's going on in the graveyard stuff. When you say main antagonist, who are you talking about? The weird old man. Was he the main? I don't know. That's, okay. Okay, uh, let's back this up. Justin, what's Spookies about? Spookies, according to the plot summary, is, uh, and this is a monstrously vague plot summary, a sorcerer tries to sacrifice a group of people inside his house with the intention of using their vitality to keep his wife alive. That in and of itself is actually pretty cool. And th- therein lies the bare bones of a good story. Where Spookies falls short is when we start introducing A, creepy drifter in the beginning. Looks like Randall Flagg. Might be a child molester. We don't know. B, weird cat-like creature dressed like a casino pit boss. Runs around, buries a child alive. C, aforementioned child whose parents forget his birthday, so he runs away from home, comes across this mansion, finds a box with a severed head in it that begins talking to him. He then runs away and gets buried alive by the cat person. Just buried alive. Just buried alive. So the movie starts off, we have two cars of unpleasant people. Going, Horribly unpleasant people. Going to some sort of 80s unpleasant people party. Yeah, a Tupperware party. And I that's think. being cut back and forth with this whole intro cold open subplot that other than the introduction of creepy magician's assistant feral cat boy has no bearing on the rest of the movie none none whatsoever nothing that occurs has any effect on the rest of the film other than we see weird feral cat boy again later on yeah it's like an introduction for the feral cat boy but it's just they so okay let's let's go back to why are these people at this house? So they go to the house. The people go to the house. So there's two carfuls of people. Right. There's like cool, young, yeah, I'm still trying to party type yeah, people. Yeah, I got to get my drink I got to. I'm still, it's, oh, it's early. Don't give up. And then there's the car behind them, which is full of like my parents who were just like. Weird yuppie types. Exactly. Like we left this party because he got a fight and we can't take him anywhere. So they go to this mansion that's right. abandoned, and they're like, yeah, yeah let's fucking rip this place yeah, up. Yeah, we're going to do the thing. Uh. So they start drinking. It's surrounded by a graveyard, which but, is- Okay, a- but why do they end up- They just need an empty build. Okay, let's start here, just real quick, aside. In the 80s, were people so desperate for people, for a location in which to get ripped, that they would just stop in random buildings, which may or may not be abandoned. Yeah. Because- this happens in a number of films where people just go, there's a structure. <laughs> Who knows if anyone lives there? There's a shack we can fucking drink. Yeah, people just want to drink anywhere out in public. It's very weird, especially because these are adults. These are adults. You know when this plot makes sense? When it's teenagers. Yes. We have to escape mom and dad. You know, there's a great line in Booksmart where, uh, uh, did you see Booksmart? Yet? I have not seen Booksmart. You should yet. see Booksmart. I hear it's good. There's a great line, I hate to ruin it for you, but I'm going to anyway. Okay. In which uh, a young woman who has a bad reputation uh, for uh, pleasing young men in cars, she picks up one of our characters who judges her, and okay. she, she says, look, people just call me roadside assistance because they gave all these guys rides. And she, the girl says, okay, sure. And she stops, she's driving, and she goes, okay, and I also blew them, but... <laughs> I didn't want to blow them in my house. My dad is there. So we made out in a car. People make out in cars. That doesn't mean my life should be ruined. And I thought about it and I thought, that's true. Yeah. Why is why does she have a bad reputation? Because she made out in cars. 
if if you have parents at home and they are regularly at home, a car is a viable option. Same way, you want to get ripped? There's a building from which you can hide from adults. Makes sense. These people are full adults. They're not even like semi-adults. No, they're not even college students. No, 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 no. These are people with real-ass jobs, and it's a group of six six people, eight people. I want to say eight. I think it's eight. It's a group of eight people in which three of these people are still living a little bit like children, but nothing about them visually looks like children. No, you don't see them and go, maybe they're in high school. No, no, no. These are older, fat people. And it's important, again, to to point out that two of the people, a man and a woman, look old enough to be their fucking parents. Right. They at least own a home, let alone feel comfortable going to a drinking establishment, otherwise known as a bar, yeah. and getting ripped in a bar. Why yeah. do they need a empty An mansion? abandoned mansion full of spookies. <laughs> okay, so they go into the mansion. They go into the mansion. Um... There's a creepy man in the attic. There's this horrifying man in the attic who has his weird cat person who's dressed like a fucking Lloyd from The Shining. And he starts like they, they start using this archaic version of a Ouija board. And like all this like insane shit starts to go down. So there's a subplot here about him uh, seducing a young woman for all of eternity. Oh, because his wife and my wife. I need my wife. He has to bring his wife back. And so then there's a Ouija board, which they just willingly play with. And then she gets possessed and then various spookies come but out. it's so much more than a Ouija board. That's, it's, it's, not, it's, it's, just, it's like the really, it's, for lack of a better term, it's a very spooky Ouija board. <laughs> like, it's got like, it's like, it's got like, like, it is. It's got like, like, it's got like wicked, like fucking oh, spells a, on it and it's shit. spooky Ouija board. It's very spooky. It's like ancient and it's got like, there's spookies in the Ouija. It's like it's like a fucking Lovecraftian, horrifying thing. It, it, like it's not a Ouija board. It's got like. The point is, it's a talking board. The point is, this guy, for some reason, needs to sacrifice them, so that he can be with his wife. Yeah, and it has something to do with a literally pulsating gravestone. Which, the pulsating mausoleum-y gravestone thing. I mean. That's just an effect they figured out that has nothing to do with the plot, right? No, it only serves for the closing shot of the movie, really. Let's let's even just say that the, the both the strength and problem of this movie is that this is a film that feels like they designed the film around various specialist effects set pieces they had already figured out. I'm going to go ahead and say wise decision on their part. Sure, sure, sure. But the reason that some of it doesn't make sense is it feels like probably what happened is they set up these super complicated special effects set pieces and they built the script around that then they filmed it then they went to an editing room and said fuck <laughs> there's not enough movie here yes. you have in order for this to be a feature yes maybe you guys don't know this i this is a news to me when i found out okay but in order for a film to be an actual feature there's a minimum you have to have a minimum amount of footage okay uh and so uh, the reality is that they might have ended up in an editing room without the minimum amount of footage for this to be a full-length feature film. So that's why they added... New director, go back out to the fucking woods, let's shoot a bunch of things in the graveyard. Because everything the old man does in the graveyard has nothing to do with most of the movie. Um, does anything in the movie have to do with much, much of the movie? <sighs> okay. There are so multiple creatures. They are the let's, spookies. Let's, that's talk, it. let's talk about the various spookies. Okay. okay. What was your favorite spooky? There's a point. Oh, okay. So there's an obvious answer here. 
farting mud zombies. No. But, but I think I got to go with Creepy Spider Lady. See, Creepy Spider Lady was, I think, like, um, overall, like pound for pound the creepiest. But kind of racist? A little racist. Yeah. The only thing that could have been more racist was if she turned into an actual dragon. Yes, sure. Um, for me, it was the witch. Something about that witch just fucking spoke to me. It mm. really got got under my skin. Describe the witch section again. Uh, I, forget I forget it. exactly what happens, but a witch. I, I, mean, I think literally they're like, "What do we do? We have to get down this hallway." And a fucking cackling, spooky evil witch jumps oh, out and like yes, attacks yes, them. Yes, 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 yes. And it just it looks. This is all like this is all like um, very like latex heavy, screaming mad George style practical effects. Right. Uh, so it looks. It's very grotesque looking. Um, and yeah, this 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 weird witch is just like screaming and howling and cackling at them, and it's just it's just unsettling. Um, but the Spider Woman, there was just something about that that really <sighs> it it was just really good makeup. It's just a shame that it was really good makeup during a sequence that was playing off of various Asian stereotypes. Yes. So okay, so the the the. This is also a movie in which the characters only stand out for like negatives. You know, there's loud fat guy. Yeah. There's angry dude. Yes. There's uptight couple. Yep. There's woman who exists only to get possessed. Yes. Has no other character traits. There's also, I believe, I think this character exists separately from the one you described. There's also inexplicably clairvoyant woman. Right. Okay. Exactly. Yes, yes, yes. She just knows. Yeah. Um, so all these characters meet their ends in various ways. Uh, there's also a weird mummy that they find in a closet, if I remember correctly. I think that's It's like the mummy of the, of the, it's the, the mummy of the, of the, of my wife. My wife. But for me, I think the, the, one of the cooler scenes in there is when I watched it, I was like, well, this isn't that bad. I think it's probably the most effective scene in the movie. It's the very end, the weird prolonged zombie chase. Sure. If only because that felt like, that honestly felt like what it would be like if we actually saw someone being chased by a horde of zombies. Like, it was so prolonged and uncomfortable, and the lighting was shit, you know, whether or not on purpose or just because they lacked the budget to actually properly light a scene. So there's this woman, like, running through the woods, and these, like, zombies are, like, chasing after her. And you can't really see them at all. So every now and again, it's like you think she's in the clear, and then you just see, like movement you're like oh fuck there's another one and again i don't know if that was just happenstance like a happy accident that um you know just happened to work in their favor or if it was a distinctive aesthetic choice to have these things sort of like uh unmelt out of the background but i thought that scene was really cool just this like like five minute long which doesn't really sound like a lot but imagine like a a chasing going on for like five minutes Mm -hmm. um i thought that was really cool uh, this movie started out as a feature film entitled titled Twisted Souls. What? Started out as a feature film entitled Twisted Souls, written produced by Frank Farrell. Twisted Brandon, Souls. Brandon Faulkner and Thomas Doran, and directed by Faulkner and Doran. Principal photography for the film began at the Jay Estate in Rye, New York, in late summer of 1984, and finished in October of that same year. Twisted Souls was being edited when creative and legal issues between the producers and the financial backer prevented final post-production work from being carried out. The original Twisted Souls footage, directed by Faulkner and Doran, consists of all the travelers who arrive in two cars and all the monsters and effects they encounter within the house. 
The monsters include the demon Ouija girl, the Muckman, the Spider Woman, the Snake Demons, the Hallway Demon, all this stuff. Oh, and, there's also a cool Grim Reaper demon too. Yeah, Grim Reaper too. Yeah. In 1985, the financial backer of Twisted Souls hired Eugene Joseph to direct more footage, and was pieced together, which was pieced together with the finished footage from Twisted Souls to create Spookies. The added scenes, written by Ann Bergand under the name Joseph Bergand, feature an entirely different cast and include all the footage of the boy looking for his birthday party, the man in the tree, the cat man, the old magician, the girl in the coffin, zombies, the witch in the basement cave, and the little blue boy. Can you imagine being the judge who had the rule on the legal issues involving Twisted Souls and Spookies? <laughs> what a horrible day. Like, it wakes up at fucking six in the morning, goes to his chambers, and he's got a rule on this bullshit. So the zombies weren't part of the original movie, but I still think it works. No, I mean, here's the thing. <clears throat> to be fair, this is definitely a passion project. Absolutely. That a financial dude takes away from you and does his own thing with. Which is tragic. It is. But on the other hand, knowing how chopped up this thing is by a year and how a lot of the stuff that doesn't make sense for us is added in later... Then all of a sudden that stuff makes a little bit more sense. Yes. Like, okay, I see what you were trying to do here. Um, and I had accused them of not having enough footage, but it sounds like Twisted Souls might have been almost a finished movie. And uh, the financial guy was just like, yeah, fuck this movie. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make my own thing. Fuck you guys. I'll say this about this movie, and this is something I've been thinking about recently. I've often said that I'll take a bad movie made earnestly any day over the week over... Sharknado or any of that bullshit. And uh, Spookies is very earnest and very bad. It, it, oh, I don't think it is the sort of inept... Like, it's like whenever anyone sees a ridiculous movie, they compare it to The Room. Yeah. And The Room is incredibly inept. Oh my God, yeah. But it's not... But it, it it's not the same as a movie that's not inept, but it's just a bad idea. Yeah. I think Spookies has moments that are not inept at all. I mean, the effects, considering for what little of this money this movie was made and that's an independent production, the effects are fucking great. They're very impressive. Of, for a lot of the movie are very well done. And I would even say the actual filming of the film are good. The issue you run into is A, as we've already described, when you ha make a movie and then over a year later, some other guy comes in, shoots a bunch of stuff and edits together with your movie to make a new movie, that's going to feel that's gonna feel a little disjointed. It's Without gonna, your input. It's going to feel a little off. It's yeah. not going to work. Uh, and then two, no one in the first movie, Twisted Souls, nor in the second movie, Spookies, are particularly good at acting. It's weird. It's, it's crazy yeah. because... Uh, not only do you have this disjointedness where you're being told these events relate, but there's no reason mm -hmm. for them to relate. You also have the fact that both films feature a, a little bit of ineptitude there, but but it's not like a so bad it's good kind of situation that people go into. Like if someone said that to me about this movie, I'd say I just don't think that's fair. I think it is a film that is charming, yes, and fun, despite the fact that it's not done very well it's not very professional to me it's like comparing you know when people want to compare a movie like this to say like i mean some people disagree with this but a movie that we love hereditary right okay um this movie is the first mental demo i like where you're going i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna let you i'm gonna and, let you keep going 
And Hereditary is like, um, let's say, a Morbid Angel record. Which Morbid Angel record? Oh, <laughs> that's for you to decide, my man. I like that. But you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Like, if someone listens, if someone doesn't know what's up, they're going to listen to that mental demo, which is admittedly by... It's a good fucking demo. Well, but the members of Mental would tell you, it's not that, it's not that great. We got better later. Planet Mental's better. Like, that's, that's how they feel I about it. I mean, it's it. no getting oxygen tank, but, you know... The point being, um, it's sincerely done, yes. and it's charming even in the ways that it's not great. You know, yeah, it's like um, late, it's like early turning point and what it turned into later on. Right, but uh, the point the point for me in that is that you can still be into. If someone says I love the mental demo, I'm not like, how could you like it? It's not played proficiently. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's not Jaguars. Yeah, that doesn't matter, y'all. Um, and so that that's sort of what I think with this movie is that. Yeah, there's some things about it that are bad. There's certainly, I think, I think the, I guess the Creon or whatever his fucking name is, the 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 sorcerer, war, the warlock sorcerer dude. <laughs> he's also kind of problematic. The whole movie is about him ke- keeping this woman alive forever so they can get back together. Who, by the way, is she 14? I don't know what's going on with his wife. You know that whole thing is weird. And she murders him at the end. And yes, then he captures her with the one of the creepy kids captures her. Um. Anyway, uh, that's all in and of itself a problem. And I, like we already hit on Spider-Woman, it's a little bit of an Asian stereotype. But there's just a charm here. I mean, I, okay, so part of what works for me with this film, as we've already discussed, the effects, even when they're stupid. Like the farting zombies are stupid. But they're so good. They but work the, really well. Their stupidity is rooted in goodness. Right. Um, this The pacing of the movie. The movie goes. Not, even the dumbest parts of the movie, you're never going, oh, God, I'm going to fall asleep. What the fuck is this? Yeah, like, it doesn't drag. No, it, it has a momentum. And like, if you're going to make a movie that's mostly about dumb things, you know, like weird Grim Reapers and shit, you better keep it keep it moving. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, a lot, the reason a lot of these poorly put together low-budget horror films don't work is because they get bored. Because it's someone who's like, let me explain to you what's going on from the other dimension. And you're like, oh, fuck, stop talking. Has something happened, please? And this movie doesn't do that. And that means it's laid on plot. Like, there's not a lot that makes sense, per se. But um, but it's still, it keeps you sort of hooked in in that way. And And like you said, it doesn't, it's not like winking at us. It's not like... To me, at least, trying to be like, oh, it's so bad. We're making fun of the whole thing, man. Mm, interesting. Not This movie doesn't do that. Oh, yeah. We'll get into your disdain for the next movie in a second here. But um, I will say, though, this is a movie. This I find this movie charming enough that I want to tell our audience to check it out. Absolutely. Here's the issue. Hard movie to check out. Very. We were supposed to do this movie a long time ago, and we couldn't fucking find it. Yeah, big up to someone who f- acquired a copy for us in nefarious means. Shall which, not be named. Which normally I don't. I'm not a big supporter of, but in this case, there's a VHS release, and that's it. There's no other sort of version of this there's movie. Never released on standard definition Blu-ray. Not that I was able to find. Interesting. Um, so I think in this case, I don't feel bad getting it the way we did. Um, the the it's a hard movie to see. So if you can if you can find a copy, you can see it. If someone's screening it, um, big ups. We missed it, 
But this past Harathon, they screened it on 35mm Harathon. Did and they? I, and I missed it. In fact, what's really funny, if you were saying, what's the connection between these two movies? The connection is both played Harathon. The same year. This past Harathon. No shit. So um, when, when we tie those together, that was totally unintentional. We just picked two movies that were like goofy, whatever, what movies. And now I'm like, oh, right. They both played Harathon. And I missed both of them. I could have covered our, we could have done this episode then if I had been able to stay. But they both played pretty late. So. <laughs> oh, well. But anyway. So that was Spookies. I, you know, it's a lot of fun. There's not a lot to talk about. I think there's a lot to talk about. We think we talked about it. I mean, we didn't get into anything too deep with it, but there's not like a lot. I will say, I, I you know, I don't think it's a bad thing. It it's clearly was intended to be a haunted house movie, yeah, more than some weird wizard movie. <laughs> and um, you know, having a haunted house movie that goes from level to level like that, it feels like a video game. It's like a fun video game. Like, it's like a platform video game. Yeah. We're in the next room. Oh no, this room has. We have to get the fucking magic ring. Yeah. To yeah. Oh, here's the hook thing. Oh, here's the spider lady. Here's the giant. Here's the weird tentacle, electric tentacle creature. You know, like electric tentacle creature. Yeah, there was like a weird octopusy tentacle thing. Huh. You remember that part? I don't think I do. Oh man, yeah, that's one of the things. That's pretty cool. <laughs> anyway, spookies. Spookies, go check it out. Yeah. All right, we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about what I have seen, unfortunately, described as a uh, meta slasher. And whoever said that can go fuck themselves. <laughs> we'll be right back to talk about 1991's Popcorn. Before the horror of Halloween. Before the fear of Friday the 13th. Before the evil of a nightmare on Elm Street. Before them all, there was... Now, 15 years later, he's back. Oh, yes. There's something happening here that I've been looking for all of my life. There's smoke. Someone takes her hand. She's running. The same man comes towards her. And we are back to talk about 1991's Popcorn. Written by Mitchell Smith and Alan Ormsby. Directed by Mark Harrier and Alan Ormsby. Starring Derek Rydell, Malcolm Denary, Elliot Hurst, Elliot Hurst, Yvette Soler, and a bunch of other people that really don't matter. Um, Popcorn is a huge pile of shit. It's a, murder, it's a movie that a murderer begins killing off teenagers at a horror movie marathon that have organized in an abandoned theater. Now, this movie is one of the few movies I've seen where, uh, like a lot of times you go on like Wikipedia and they're like, despite this movie being a critical and commercial failure, it's just developed a cult following in the past couple years. And it's like, not every fucking movie that is garbage that people like has a cult following. 
this movie I actually think has a cult following. This movie has a big contingency of people who like will adamantly defend this movie. And I don't understand why. Because it doesn't make any fucking sense. It's not very all that good. It's not nearly as clever as it thinks it is. And it was um it was a it was a chore to finish. And that's all I have to say about that. I think that you're a little tough on popcorn. Okay. I here's the thing. I think what people find. Okay, let, let's back this up a little bit. Uh, things that are, uh, you know, popcorn. The idea here is we have a, a team of film students. Mm-hmm. They, for some crazy reason, decide the thing to make their film department stand out as a horror film fest. Okay. And the part of it that is, I think, the charming part that people enjoy is that the film fest turns into this like William Castle homage where every William Castle-esque thing they're going to do. They're going to shock the seats like the shocker. They're going to have the giant mosquito come out for the mosquito jam. They're going to have the smelly thing for the smelly whatever. Um, So in the midst of this, right, they discover another movie in there as they're sort of going through these films. And it is... um, a film that is from this weird cult that it turns out that one of our characters is a, a survivor of, in which uh, this man wants to wanted to cross the bridge between film and the real world, a la sacrificial ritual murder. And you don't gotta be a film student to see the obvious parallels here. Yeah. That each of these horror movies are playing off the line between reality and fantasy, and then this guy wanted to do that for real, and his desire to do it for real is um, sort of the horror thing. And then, the so that's actually the core of the movie is that experience. And then the movie itself is almost like a framing device for those gimmicks, right? And I think what people like about this movie is, A, they like the gimmicks, and that sort of center core thing, and for some reason they like uh, who's our who's our main who's our main man here? Uh, the killer? Yeah, this guy named Tom Villard unfortunately passed away a few years ago. Right. Um, I think they like I think they like him. They like his sort of weird makeup for whatever for this film. Um, the rest of the f- the framing thing is is just a cornball slasher, just a corny dumb slasher movie with this inner thing going on around classic horror films and uh that is why people take this movie as a very sort of meta postmodern, fun thing that admittedly in my view doesn't have much to say it's not um postmodern in the sense of it has this like internal critique of viewership or no it doesn't but I don't think it. I don't actually think it means to, and I think the movie is hampered by a. They switch directors midway through, two, not even midway. Two weeks. They switch directors from a director to a man who acted in Porky's. Right. So that you know that's a problem, uh, and B, they are attempting to make this like fun character high school movie, just in Jamaica. Why? Yeah. Why are they in Jamaica? There's no reason. Plus, because they're in Jamaica, there's a lot of reggae and ska in this movie. And uh, at a certain point, 
a reggae group gets up at the horror film fest and just plays plays a concert. Just plays a concert at the fest for these random. Are they? They're. I guess they're not high school. They're college students. It's not important. <sighs> the point being is that I think that there are a lot of things about the movie that appeal. You know. Um, uh, so let, 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 let me, you know, it is it is a film that I think is supposed to work because of the charmingness of the kids. The problem, for, the problem for me, y'all, is that I don't think the main actress is very interesting. Anyone in this movie is very interesting. I like what's her name, Dee Wallace. She doesn't count though. That's Dee Wallace. Sure, Dee Wallace is great in everything. No, I I mean I hear I hear you. I hear you. I'm sorry, D. Wallace Stone. But I'm thinking not of D. Wallace Stone, though D. Wallace is very great. Uh no. I like Kelly Joe Minter. Which one was she? The fun sassy one who was also in summer school. And, oh, pe- and people under the stairs. Who and yells the Lost Boys. Who, who she like punches that guy in the face. She's like she was like, Will you hit a girl? And he's like, No. And she yeah. beats the shit up. Yeah. That part was really dumb. I liked I liked her in the movie. I she's she great. Fun. I mean, okay. The, the things that don't work for me is that um, Jill Sholin is got to move this thing forward because she is sort of um, the focus of this guy. I mean, a our main villain is not even really directly connected to the cult. This is the no. bummer. There's this cool cult. I okay. I think the cult gimmick is actually cool. But I think the idea is cool. The problem is that our main villain is just like, I survived too, and no one talked about me. So now you got to pay the price for that. You're saying, you know, I survived too, and no one talked about me. So now you have to pay the price for that. That's how this guy, that is how Tom Villard, may he rest in peace, delivers every fucking line. This guy That's is true. just gnawing on the fucking scenery. It's it's so overwhelming. <laughs> it's not great. And plus, the logic... Okay. In slasher movies, in whodunits, when this is this is sort of a whodunit, mm-hmm. there's always like this, this, this quest to answer who the slasher is. And a lot of times, like when we saw with... Um, what was the really bad movie that we watched with the... Was it Slumber Party Massacre or Sorority House Massacre where it was like the girls like, oh, that was my father who was the killer. Sorority there's always like a yeah. familial connection like from Halloween 2. It was yeah, Michael Myers. Yeah. So in this one, you're like... Okay, this guy who made Possessor. Sarah, Sarah, it's me. Give a kiss to daddy. It's your fault. You got kidnapper voice. I hate it. Mm-hmm. You think, okay, it's her father. This 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 killer is her father, and he's coming back for her. But then it's just the killer's not her father. The killer is the daughter of someone her father worked with who was at the movies, and uh, his mother died, and he got, like, it's just really weird, convoluted, what the fuck? Where did you? What? How far up your asshole did you reach to pull this out? It just because it's it's such a because stretch. it's relying on a bunch of red hair. That the, what's interesting is all the red herrings. There's so many red herrings. Okay, so in the end, when they're like, "Oh, it's Toby," I'm like, I don't fucking care that it's Toby. <laughs> Toby D'Amato, uh, by the way. It's not even the end. It's like midway through the movie. Yeah, it's Toby. I mean, oh, okay. Let's back up here. My first inclination is, though, to defend this just because you hate it so much. But let me talk about the things about it that I don't like. One, I don't like a movie 
that wants to have its cake and eat it too when it comes to supernatural stuff. Yes. So the point here is that there is no magic. No. There is no uh, killer death cult magic. There's no cult of thorn. There's it's no just it's just Toby, right? So then how come when D Wallace shows up the sign. The sign shoots the letters off. You can't do that. The only explanation there would be magical. For it to be magical. And uh that's not a thing. Like the rest of the movie there's So I guess let's let's back up a little bit. I suspect that this movie is suffering a little bit from Oh, that's the other thing connected to these movies. Two two directors. Yeah. Both these movies were troubled productions yeah. in which uh, someone had an idea and then someone else came in and was like, fuck you, doing it my way. Guy from Porky's is taking your yeah, place. Yeah, yeah, So with this movie, I suspect that some of that early stuff is a little bit disjointed. Like, it feels like they're kind of making this shit up as they go along a little bit. Weird. It, it's like but, they are. Okay, but some of the character stuff, okay, when, when the film class is in the room, which feels less like a classroom than I than it should, it should feel more like a classroom than it does. It feels like they're in a gym because it's, the it's classroom a, is being renovated. It's a weird space. So anyways, when they're in that and they're talking, they're like having their like witty banter, talking back and forth stuff. I'm into that. I think that's actually working for me. Okay. And then when they're doing the montage, we're getting ready for the film fest. Oh, get ready Almost for the film fest. Almost texted you say we have to do a different movie. That's nah. how much I hated that. No, I loved it. I thought that was great. Ugh. The only part about it that isn't working for me at that point is um, we have the two goofy male characters, the gentleman in a wheelchair and his buddy. Okay. They're too annoying. They're just too annoying. Yeah. And I suspect... I mean, you just hate people in wheelchairs. Well, I suspect that the character in the wheelchair is an homage to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Really? To the extent to which he's annoying. Like, yeah. they literally were like, watch this asshole, and then be even more of an asshole yeah. than this guy. Because he's the worst of the whole... Just so abrasive and frustrating, the whole movie. And there's no reason for it. I don't need that. I don't need, I don't need him to be that way for me to care about what's going on right now. Um... But I like the I like the our punk friend. I like that um, our main actress has been storyboarding basically her life uh, into a movie that she's never going to make because it's her life. I think the the part where it really does start to fall apart for me, and it's not. And again, let me go back. I brought it up because I I'm one of the people who thinks this part does kind of work. I think all of the fake movies are a lot of fucking fun, and the fake movie gimmick is a lot of fucking fun. And if Toby worked, if the guy who is Toby, Toby in the movie, if that worked, or if any of the kills that Toby did were good, the rest of the movie would work for me, I would be in. Counterpoint. Yeah. The rest of this movie isn't good enough for them to riff on uh, movie William Castle gimmicks. Mm. So your feeling is that the... That it's almost disrespectful because this movie is so bad for yes. them to be doing. I'm being completely serious. This movie isn't nearly fucking like okay. What's another like meta? Like another like Wes Craven did a lot, you know, with like Scream, yeah, which yeah, I yeah, don't yeah. like, and New Nightmare, which I've, I I very much like. I didn't know you didn't like Scream. I'm not. A, I mean, I don't dislike it. It just doesn't do it for me. I like the first one, and then yeah. after that, I'm kind of out. Yeah. But those movies, whether or not they were my cup of tea, were competent enough to sort of riff on, mm-hmm. you know. And it was Joe—I uh, almost said Joe Dante. Uh, it was Wes Craven. Like he can riff on whatever he wants. But when this guy comes in here and he's like, sort of like riffing on these old, like sci-fi tropes. Sure. It's like, yeah, but like, look what you're doing. 
You know what I mean? Like you can't even, I, I like, I know you're trying to subvert those tropes, but like, uh, there's being subversive and going against the grain and, and what people are expecting. Yeah. And then there's not knowing how to tell a fucking coherent story. And that's what, that's Toby's entire storyline. Like nothing he does makes any sense. Uh, I don't care that it's Toby when it's revealed that it's Toby because we don't know it. Like I could understand if she had said at like one point, if the main character had been like, Oh, also I not only did my mother die, but it also turned out that like my childhood best friend died. And then like Toby was that childhood best friend that would have some sort of like, uh, weight to the character. But instead you're just like, Oh, the guy who's been there all along is the killer. And he's pissed because his mom died and he's blaming D Wallace stone like it just it just felt so like what the fuck are you even trying to do like you're not clever you're not uh again subverting ex- expectations you're just you don't know how to really tell a, a a good story and you're just dressing it up as being like avant-garde and and, and meta and it's just fucking dumb also the montage okay the montage where they're getting every, everything together mm-hmm. at the movie theater when they put the popcorn machine together and they're they're making the popcorn and both of the girls look directly into the camera as the camera zooms in on the word popcorn that is a sin it is a travesty and it is unforgivable <laughs> here's my feeling on it i think your interpretation suggests that um the movie's doing uh, a very west craven thing because uh, he did it a few times but uh, to each other, which is when you fictionalize someone's thing, yeah, within the context of your movie, you're suggesting that your movie is somehow more legit. Uh, so Wes Craven liked to put the posters of other people's movies in his movies, yeah, to be like a <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> was it like that? Was it like fuck you? Well, in a sense, because it's like this is actually scary, and yours is a pretend thing. Okay. Yeah, it was a diss. I mean, at least the other directors took it that way because they talked about doing it back to him all the time. I thought it was just sort of like a, you know, no, like a I friendly. Mean, it is. It is very friendly. Maybe you don't understand how this works. To even take the time to diss someone is to give them more respect than maybe they deserve. Okay. You're dissing them because you're you're fucking with someone who you see as your equal. You don't diss someone who's not worth you your time you don't punch down well probably not i don't see what why would it be worth your time you put an evil dead poster in your nightmare on elf street movie you don't do it because you're like those guys are the worst you're not gonna put a project metal beast poster in right, your right. evil yeah anyways point being i don't think that's what's going on here i think quite the opposite um because the uh characters in the film are so ignorant of their own scenario so here they are film students they're holding a horror film fest. They are commenting on the content of these movies. And yet they're in this corny-ass slasher movie. And not a single one of them knows enough about slasher movies to go, hey, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> I don't think that's unintentional, actually. I think the I think the movie is disrespectful even the sense because and then you know the things i read about are all like and then it has this this say the structure of a typical slasher movie only it doesn't because toby is not a normal slash it it uses all these slasher tropes filmically but as a character toby is like a fucking vincent price wannabe he's like a fucking hammer villain it's insanity but what i'm saying to you is 
your suggestion that it's almost disrespectful to be using these things, I think it's quite the opposite. I think the movie is trying to show an excessive amount of respect to those William Castle movies. And in fact, by using all these slasher tropes in service of the corniest villain ever, it is, I think, judging, especially as a 90s post slasher boom movie okay it's judging slasher films it's saying like those this is dumb the real fun is the fucking mosquito is the stench is the that's you know even the weird psychedelic shit in the whatever that that's sort of crossing the line and and i think that it it's not i think it's a it's an attempt to show respect to those movies more than to the movie it is considered a part of than the slasher tradition it is actually in in the midst of fair enough but i still think that this movie it's hard to watch it's hard to watch and i don't think this movie like i said i i don't think it's as uh it's it's as it's as intelligent as it thinks it is like it might have good intentions the filmmakers may very may very well have had their hearts in the right place i'm not disagreeing with that I just, I'm not making a moral argument. But, I'm not saying people, they're good or bad people, per go, se. Go on the Wikipedia page for popcorn. Yeah. There is a whole section about the meta-narrative of, of popcorn. Right, but did you read that section? Yeah, and I'll never get that time in my life back. I don't think it's that bad. All it's talking about is the I, various movies that the movies but commented But why on. popcorn? Well, that, because that's what it's doing. It's commenting on those movies. I just, I don't think it's, di- I, I, I just, I don't think it... I think it tries, and I think it fails spectacularly. Wow. I don't even understand. It's weird, because the amount to which you hate it makes me want to defend it so bad. That's fine. But my experience watching it, it's, it's not like I actually think it's that good either no but like i do think it's bad i just don't know that it's that bad like, if the movie okay if this was a if this was an otherwise watchable movie with a failed attempt at that narrative yeah i would be okay with it but the rest of this movie sucks too there are so many dumb like not even dumb as in like oh i thought like like technical like conf- like sure, sure sure i was sure. like like there, okay so there's the scene in the movie and it was actually this part of that i actually kind of dug where one of the characters goes up, I forget, I have to jerk off in the bathroom, I don't know. And he comes back, and his seat has been taken next to his lady friend. Right, right, And, right, right, like, right. by this, like, big fucking, like, meathead dude. And he's like, yo, come on, man, you're in my seat. And the meathead guy just goes, eat shit, asshole. And the guy goes, you want to repeat that? And the way the guy stands up, and the way the guy's, like, watching the movie until the last second, and then he's like, okay, I got this other part I want. And then gets in the guy's face, he's like eat shit asshole like the way that guy like executes that yeah. is like that's exactly like that is that is a very good portrayal of someone who is like in absolute control of the situation and just right. doesn't give a fuck right. but then like later in the, like there's a scene like a few minutes later when that guy comes outside to do something to get his girl and he's got the the stencherama thing on his nose. So the bit, the funny part is he's like, he's this big guy, and he's going, "Is there a problem out here?" Because he's got. The, but then he takes it off, and his voice just mysteriously stays the same. That actor has two different voices, and right. they never explain that. And there's just. I a, thought that was just a goof. That was a goofy joke. But I'm just. I, I wasn't a goofy. I'm just. It didn't. It just. I, I I thought that part was a goofy joke. I don't know. And then there's the one scene where the guy's in the bathroom. He's in the bathroom. And right. he's like the weird inmate guy. And uh, fucking Toby comes up. And Toby's like his copycat. And they're like looking at each other. And Toby just starts literally pissing on his leg. And he's like, you know, locks him in a stall. And then ki- like it 
does that guy die? <laughs> no, like, I don't know. No, I know what you're saying. Yeah, and he's yeah, like, yeah, she's yeah. like, what took you so long? He's like, I heard some gas. <laughs> so to the, for those, we didn't really get to this. Part of the point here is that Toby is actually this guy who was, I guess, horribly burned is the idea or something? Sure, go, we'll go with that. And so he has pre-Dark Man, basically a Dark Man device, <laughs> yeah, where he, he makes masks of people. I was thinking like the chameleon. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. And, uh, but again, I, I, here's, here's, here's what I will say. The, I think it's a difference here between you and I on this thing. I didn't find it so painfully bad that I'm willing to ignore that I think the gimmicks of it are actually kind of fun. But I agree with you that the gimmicks don't save the movie, which is still kind of slow and a little bit boring. And like, it doesn't have the energy I wanted to have. And the kills are mostly just kind of like lackluster, you know, a little yeah. bit. But I don't, I think for you, part of your disdain, it's not just that you didn't enjoy the movie. It's that you didn't enjoy the movie, and you think the gimmicks are dumb. It's the fucking arrogance that this movie has. I don't. That's think what it gets has... me. That's what I gets me. I don't. I, I do I've. I have watched much worse movies than this. Sure. I'm gonna break our streak right now. I think the Oids make this movie look <laughs> like fucking Citizen Kane. We must always discuss the, the Oids, Oids. Always have to come up. Always discuss the. O- we should. We need a new shirt for the podcast. It's like hard business. Always discuss always the Oids. Avoid, don't avoid the Oids. So don't avoid. Never avoid. Never the avoid Oids. the Oids. Um, I just this movie is like it would be fine if it didn't have this. You know, hmm, my freshly starched top hat and my polished monocle tell me that I am able to mock these movies with my my neo-noir, or I'm sorry, I'm fucking up my own joke, my post-narrative meta-slasher film. I don't, it's just, it's, it's, it's. I don't read it that way at all. I read that every fucking second of this movie. Well, I think the movie is trying to just be a fun movie that pays uh, respect to a bunch of other older movies, and the problem is... That's Cabin of the Woods. You're describing Cabin of the Woods right now. Well, but the difference is that Cabin of the Woods was made by an actually pretty good director. <laughs> this movie collapses under the under it's the fucking weight of its own pretentiousness. I, I, I think it's we just disagree uh, on what's wrong with this movie. For me, this is a movie that is not scary. It doesn't even try to be scary in my mind. But it, it there is a certain, like, supposed to be a fun, charming, whatever, to its ensemble cast. And I really only like a couple of the people in it. And so it doesn't... Like, I like Punk Girl. I like The Girl from Summer School. Yeah. And that's about it. And, and one of the people I really need to like for the movie to work is our main actress. And she is... Such a goddamn dead zone. Yeah. She just isn't even I, in the movie. I it's even, so frustrating. I even think the actor who played Toby, if he just took it down a notch, just... Yeah, just he's a, okay. He's fine. I like him in other things. He, 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 I think he is one of the actors... He's the type of actor who unfortunately conflates intensity with, with good acting. Right. And I, I th- like it's there. Like, there are moments well, where... I mean, I think he's trying to go over the top because that's what the movie calls for in a sense but i don't i don't think it's the intensity i think he is just uh whatever tone he's going for is just not working because it's not funny no it feels like he's trying to be 
funny. And he's not funny. I will say the only part that I thought was funny is when he like he tells uh, Maggie or Sarah his yeah. plan and why he's doing it. He's like, and I burned over 90% of my body and I watched my mother die. And she's like, Toby, I'm sorry. And he just goes, well, well, you're sorry. I'll just untie you then. You're sorry. Like that, I was <laughs> that like, was very that good, was actually. very good. But it, the most of it is just, it's just, he's almost like Max Headroom without the stuttering. Jesus. I'm fuck. serious though. Fuck. Could you not see like a young Matt Furrer in this uh, role? Yeah, okay. Yeah. No, you're right. Yeah. I don't know. Like I said, I've watched worse movies, but they just, the strutting just, arrogance of this movie. I, here's, here's, here's the deal. I think that's just where we're not going to see eye to eye. And that's fine. I don't think it's arrogant. On the other hand, I don't want to like argue about it in any way because even though I don't think it's arrogant, I also just don't think it's very, it's just not a great movie. No, it's very it's tedious. It's not a great movie. It's just tired. It's just tired. It's also noted that Liam's wearing a shirt with the ghoulies on it. I am wearing a shirt with the ghoulies on it. I will say this Long Knife album for which I got this shirt the shirt's not from the album, but I got it on this tour. Is better than the movie Ghoulies. Yeah, though I do like the Ghoulies are on my shirt. It's taking also an actual shit than... into a toilet with a Ghoulie is better than the movie Ghoulies. <laughs> but I kind of like Ghoulies go back to school or whatever the fuck. Ghoulies it is. go to college. Yeah. Oh fuck you! It's funny. It's a funny film. Sometimes horror movies are just funny, Justin. They're just funny. I, okay. Sometimes a movie's just a movie. I get that. Justin's like doesn't like comedies, so at horror. I like falls... comedies. You literally have told me you don't watch comedies. I like Ghostbusters. <laughs> That's a comedy. <laughs> okay, sure. I like an American War of London. Mm-hmm. You just named two movies that are also horror movies. Okay. Tommy Boy and Black Sheep. Take that. That's just a generational thing. You couldn't get away with that for that if you you if you were like I've never seen Tommy Boy or Black Sheep, I'd say, "Oh, what was it like in the cave you were raised <laughs> in? How long were you Amish? Are you a Rumspringer? Did the mountain ghouls allow you like nourishment <laughs> and, and books? So you didn't know English at the time? Is yeah. what you're saying to me? No one who could speak English and is the age that you are is unfamiliar with Tommy Boy. I'm planning on seeing the Good Boys there. You know, I didn't want to. See, I thought uh, we don't have to get into this, but I'm gonna get into it. Uh, I thought the trailer looked really bad. Okay. Um, I thought the trailer looked so bad that I didn't want to see it. But now I've heard a few reviews that are like, "Oh, it's actually pretty good. It's pretty good. Interesting." Well, because I thought it was just the you know, the trailer hit the same time as Booksmart. And yeah. Both, both movies are like, it's like super bad, but whatever. Then you see Booksmart, and it's like, oh no, this is a fun, charming movie about young women that has stuff to say and its relationship to super bad is that they're two characters and they're in high school That's yeah it's literally the only relationship with the little kid movie <laughs> whatever it is called uh the trailer seemed to be like the joke is like look kids are saying nasty stuff isn't it funny when kids say nasty kids stuff? can't see their own movies yeah they can't see their own movie but uh but then i heard reviews that were like Actually, the movie's kind of touching, and it's about young men getting in touch with their feelings a little bit. And I was I, like, I can support that. Oh fuck! Well, that sounds that sounds good though. Yeah, it's like literally, like literally, the one review I had was like, yeah, like yes. Does it have sex toy jokes and kids saying fuck? Sure, but there's also little kids like crying about their actual emotions and like sharing with each other. So like, if you like uh, a movie that's like. 
uh, nipping toxic masculinity in the bud before it starts, but also jokes about anal beads. This is the movie for you. And I was like, that sounds like me. Yeah, want, that's what I want. <laughs> so, so now I kind of want to see it. But I do think that trailer did not look that funny to me. So we'll see. We'll see how I respond to it. I, but Booksmart is amazing. Yeah. So popcorn. I don't really know what else there is to say about it. Here's here's the deal. If you're one of those people whose experience of horror is that you don't want to be horrified, you want something stupid that you can laugh at. A, I don't know why you listen to this podcast because we don't usually <laughs> like things like that. But B, this is on the list. Yeah. I would put this on the list next to a million other movies, some of which I actually enjoy, that people tend to laugh at more than be scared by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of funny. I think it's, I personally think it's kind of funny. But you might have the experience of Justin where the movie is trying, it's trying, there is an aspect to it where it's trying to be meta and that might make you want to jump out a window. Now, here's the thing is that I am the one who said that this movie had a starched top hat and a polished monocle, but I'm thinking about what I said and I thought maybe, maybe I'm the one who's wearing the polished monocle. And I'm the one who can't see the forest through the trees, and I'm the one wearing the starched top hat. To be fair, I like your monocle. My, you, I do. My monocle looks sexy. I do have a good monocle. But if you okay, we're gonna open up here. I have a hard time stepping outside myself. I have a hard time uh, not taking myself. I take myself too seriously. And mm. I extend that into a lot of the art I consume as well. I take you very seriously. Thank as well. you. I appreciate that. I maybe maybe this is movie is maybe this is all on me. Maybe maybe I'm projecting my own weird inability to to just loosen up and just enjoy a movie for what it is. I don't know. It's impossible. I can I can only be me because that's all I know what to be. But I just I don't know. This movie's not terrible. But well, but let's be clear though. I'm defending parts of the movie as being kind of fun and not pretentious. It's still an inept film <laughs> that unlike Spookies, which was made for far less money by far less experienced people than the people who made this movie, uh, it lacks momentum and at times it drags. And that's the that for that for me is more of the sin than all the the middle stuff is fun. I like the I like the weird movie it, stuff. It, it's also worth noting that this movie came out in nineteen ninety one and it right. feels like it this feels you know people are like it's like an eighties throwback and they're always like that's really cool. Like no this movie looks like it's suffering from right. all things that were wrong with horror movies in the eighties. I feel like if you saw this in ninety one you'd say the fuck is going on with this movie? Yeah, was this on the shelf for five years before you <laughs> released it? Yeah. What the fuck is happening? It's it's not knowing what was going on. It, it had to feel it had to feel tone deaf at the time too, because ninety one, you're starting to get a lot more glossy, fun, other sort of horror. You know, the nineties horror thing is starting to happen. Like, you know, what year did the Hitcher come out? Ninety five. Oh, okay, so this is that was a while. No, I mean. We're three years out from A New Nightmare. Oh, man. We're three years out from Scream. You know what I mean? Like, people are about to comment in a... I mean, maybe this started a trend in the sense of it is a bit of a meta commentary, but I don't think anyone would make the argument that um, this is a big influence on our man Wes Craven. Because what he did with both of those movies was leaps and bounds above anything they're doing here. Even though, like I said, I think some of that stuff is fun. I think I I just happen to think that if the framing story, which it's revealing that the main plot of the film, I think of as a framing story for the 
stuff in the middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If the framing story was any fucking good and the characters were interesting at all, then I think this would actually be a fun movie. Yeah. But it's like the only good part are the fake movies, which are played for like fun and laughs. Yeah. Also, and the rest of the movie is kind of bad. They also very, 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 very clearly brought T. Wallace in for star power. Yes, that's definitely. it. That's it. She's barely in it, too. Yeah. So that's popcorn. Yeah. I would, to be fair, I would watch Possessor. Yeah. I'd like to see Possessor. Possessor. The actual movie. Possessor. 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 All right. So that was 1991's Popcorn. Goes out to everyone who made the book backwards. So listen to Turning Point. Um, Okay. So if you are listening to us on iTunes, please do us a huge favor and rate, review, subscribe, and download, download, download. Give us a five-star review and shoot us a message and we'll uh, we'll do something nice for you. Something. Uh, tell all your friends about us. If you want to subscribe to Patreon, just go to patreon.com backslash Cinepunks. You can head to cinepunks.com for a lot of really great articles, reviews, and a lot of really cool other podcasts on there. Uh, on social media, you can follow us at theharbiz666 on Instagram and Twitter. And you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash theharbiz. Uh, if you want to follow me on Instagram, if you like pictures of dogs, I post pictures of my dogs all the time. I'm repairmanxjack. I don't know, Liam, do you want people to harass you on Instagram? Nah. Okay. You can also find me under the same handle on Twitter. Tweet at me. Harass me. I don't care. I don't give a shit. You can hit me up on Twitter. That's fine. <laughs> it's Liam Rules. Liam Rules with a Z. R-U-L-Z. Also, check out... Uh, um, my t-shirt company rough cut yes um i think the website is rough cut shirts if you follow us on instagram or twitter we, we post, post that all the time check it out so yeah uh, that's it for this episode as always thank you so much for listening we truly appreciate it and um yeah until next time uh saving private ryan is a quality quality movie that's what i'm signing off with i appreciate that cool Okay. Later. Bye.